Welcome to the Homeland Heroes Salute, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories to heal and honor our heroes. We are your hosts, Phil Taub and Dave Tilly. Hi, this is Phil Taub, and I'm, I'm here with a very special guest who I'm going to introduce here in a minute. But before I do that, um, I just want to word a caution to anyone listening. I want to give you a, um, you know, just, just a small caution here. We're going to be talking about a tough issue today, which is veterans suicide. This is a very important issue. This is something that I've been doing a lot of research on. I've been thinking a lot about this issue. And so listener discretion uh, is advised here for this going forward. Uh, I will tell you just to throw some numbers out there. Hopefully, if you're listening, you know that, uh, you know, historically in recent history, 22 veterans a day across the country are taking their own lives. In New Hampshire, you know, the numbers that we're seeing reported are 40 veterans a year. If I could just put this in context for you, if you're listening to this, I want you to know that in 20 years of war in Afghanistan and Iraq and the longest war in the history of this country, we lost 94 soldiers, sailors and Marines, you know, from New Hampshire. But in that same time, 800 veterans in New Hampshire took their own lives. Just hopefully that puts that in perspective for you. So very happy to welcome Shannon Taylor, who's an ambassador for Mission 22 uh, to our show. And Shannon, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Phil. It's nice to be here. Well, it's really great. I'm looking forward to our discussion here this evening. And and uh, Dave Tilly is normally here, Shannon, uh, right at my side, uh, but he is traveling uh, today. And so you just get stuck with me. Um, <laughs> but Shannon, tell tell us your story, right? Uh, everyone I've met that's involved in, in, in organizations like this has a passion for it. That passion comes from somewhere. You know, where, where does that passion come from for you? We do. That's that's a very accurate statement. I think everybody who comes, you know, to Mission Twenty Two or any other organization that helps to uh, care for our veterans certainly has their own story, and I uh, I do as well. Have mine. Um, so when I um, was in college, I lost someone who was extremely close to me. Um, he was an army medic, and as time went on, I discovered that I needed to do more. I needed to help more, um, so that we could you know, try to help reduce these numbers. And I had come across Mission 22 uh, due to a, a common friend um, who introduced it to me and I became an ambassador for Mission 22. Um, there was not much um, awareness for the organization here in New Hampshire. So I sort of um, built it from the ground up here um, with all of the information that Mission 22 provides. Um, and I uh, now I'm the ambassador program director for Mission 22. So I, I feel um, very honored and humbled to be able to um, help all of our ambassadors across the United States to spread the awareness. That, no, that's amazing. And how long have you been doing that for? Um, I've been with Mission 22 since uh, late 2008, 2019. Um, sorry, 2018, 2019. Um, and I've been the uh, program ambassador program director for uh, just over a year, year and a half now. Awesome. I, I love everything about Mission 22. So tell us about Mission 22 for folks that haven't heard of it and don't know what it is. Yeah, so Mission 22 is an organization that is dedicated to veteran wellness. 
Uh, we launched in the heart of the Midwest in 2013, uniting veterans and civilians, uh, building public art and monuments that raise awareness of the issues uh, that veterans and their families faced here on home soil. Um, in the last uh, eight or so years now, we have become a very robust and supportive community uh, working in all 50 states um, and even some foreign countries. We do have um, a very active ambassador um, who is at uh, the Yokota Air Base in Japan. Um, so we're very honored to have him supporting us overseas um, and our community, including um, all of the folks that are listening to the podcast here today um, have helped to you know, really lift Mission 22 um, higher than we ever expected that we would get um, because of community support that we've been able to create and implement uh, long-term programs that support veterans and family members. Uh, this year alone, we have nearly 4,000 ambassadors actively engaging uh, in our Mission 22 programs. Um, and if you give me a couple more minutes, I'd be happy to tell you about those programs. <laughs> no, please do, this is, this is your time. Yep. So the largest program that we have um, in Mission 22 supports our volunteer ambassador program um, at just over 3,500 ambassadors uh, across the United States. We do raise awareness um, and, you know, financial funds through uh, the sale of our merchandise, as well as donations received at events for Mission 22 by connecting uh, community members at events to talk about the resources that we have available uh, to veterans and their families. Um, nearly 50% of our ambassadors are veterans and many more are family members and close friends of veterans. So we're all very closely connected in one way, shape or form. Uh, we host uh, the Amari Wellness uh, Supplement Program as well. Um, we provide all, it's all that we um, provide the program with science-backed supplements uh, that support sleep, mood, mental health of veterans at no cost to those enrolled. Uh, we also have a 28-day program called Elements, uh, which is a self-guided reading uh, and assignment series that is open to everyone, even civilians, to help understand um, you know, your own health and mental wellness. Um, and our flagship program, which is our Recovery and Resiliency Program, or R&R for short, um, is a multi-tiered comprehensive program for veterans and spouses that combines uh, the timeless principles of human healing uh, with modern science. And our long-term programs um, have specific tracks for veterans who have experienced trauma. Um, we have uh, veterans who have seen uh, combat. So we have a 12-month program for the combat veterans and the um, six-month program um, is for veterans of any other background. And additionally, because we realized that the entire family absorbs post-traumatic stress, uh, we recently launched a program for spouses of veterans as well, which is extremely unique and we're truly proud of that one. Um, currently, we have uh, more than 300 veterans and family members enrolled in our R&R programs. And these programs benefit from the support of the community all around us that help us to keep them going. And I, I love this tagline that Mission 22 has, uh, you know, when their tour is over, our mission begins. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's uh, it really is a good one. So let, let's let's talk a little bit about veteran suicide. You know, just just sort of a real basic question, if I could start with it. You know, why are veterans taking their own lives in much greater numbers, right, than the civilian population? 
Um, well, I mean, that, that one is really a hard to answer because we can never yeah. know truly what's going on in one's own individual mind. Um, but it, it's, uh, from my own personal experience, and if I take off my Mission 22 hat for a moment, um, I, I find that a lot of the service members um, are not reaching out for the help. Um, a lot of times I hear the the, the comment uh, from folks saying, you know, well, I was in the military and I'm stronger than that. I don't need the help. Save it for someone who really needs it. Um, and I like to come back with the comment that this strongest thing you will probably ever do is ask for that help. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just share a quick story with you because I'm just sort of living it right now. You know, as you know, Shannon, with Swim with a Mission, we partner mm. up with the Navy SEALs, right? We bring in yes. like 40 Navy SEALs every year and we do lots of really fun, cool things with them. And and so we've been doing this for six years now. And we've gotten pretty close. Uh, you know, our collective sort of group here has gotten close with, you know, quite a lot of SEALs. And one in particular that came up this year to support us is just about one of the funniest people you've ever met. Um you know, he's built like a brick house. He's all muscles. And, you know, his wife is just incredible and and funny, just like incredibly funny. And so he was up here in July and I had no idea, you know, behind the laughter and the jokes and everything, you know, was somebody really, really struggling, you know, behind Absolutely. it. I had no idea, right, how depressed he was. And so that was a, mm -hmm. that was a shock right there. And, um, I heard about a month after he left here, New Hampshire, I heard a little bit of scuttlebutt through some of the other seals that there was an issue, but nobody was kind of saying what it was. And then, um, you know, this particular seal did call me up and text me and said he was having an issue and he's going to come to the home base program in Boston, right? Which is all about yep. diagnosing, you know, uh, traumatic brain injuries. Yes. And, um, on September 11th, right, which is a tough day for a lot of people in this country, uh, including including veterans like like this one who signed up after after 9/11 and and lost a lot of teammates, right, in the course of the fight in Iraq and Afghanistan and other places, you know, was by himself in Boston the night before uh, he was about to start a two week program. So I'm like, well, we're coming down to take you out for dinner. And I rounded up some more seals uh, and we went and took them out for dinner. And it was honestly just an incredible evening to be able to be with a bunch of Navy seals uh, on, on nine 11. But in the course of that dinner, he told us that he believes he has a traumatic brain injury, that he is having tremendous anger issues that he can't get under control. And this is somebody that's had maybe a dozen deployments, you know, yeah. and this funny guy, right. Uh, and um, and then he tells us in just the middle of dinner, uh, and he's sober, he's not drinking or anything, that uh, he tried to take his own life a few weeks ago and wanted to share with us that story. And, and I, I couldn't believe it, but he shared with us how he got his stuff together, put it in his truck, did not tell his wife anything, drove off and put a gun in his mouth in the woods. Mm. And Gosh. fortunately, in that moment he literally got a phone call from another seal who talked him, you know, out of that. 
and and then sort of descended on him with some other seals and and took him to a program in San Diego, you know, where they're doing the psychedelic drugs, you know, which which is a three day thing It's hallucinogenics. It sort of clears your mind, which got him sort of stable enough to then come to home base where he had an incredible two weeks. And now it's going to spend th- in going to another program for three months. Right. Mm. And all I could think about was selfishly was getting a phone call or an email to say he had taken his life and not really understanding, like, how is, how do you go from, you know, a Navy SEAL, tier one operator, multiple, you know, and an officer, many deployments, looks amazing, funny as can be to putting a gun in your mouth and trying to take your own life. It's hard. It's hard to comprehend, right. As a civilian. It absolutely is. And I, and I think, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there with the, um, you know, he, he was always, he's, he's a happy guy. He's always, you know, laughing and smiling. And I I think that's uh, a lot of people don't, um, don't see it or don't recognize it because it, it, it is that hidden injury, if you will. Um, it's it's not a, a physical ailment like a, a a lost limb or something like that. It it is it is that unseen, unheard traumatic experience that you know is is a lot of times you know hidden by that service member, and we are more often than not the last ones to know. Yeah, I th- that's what I'm learning, right? And. Um... I, I had the 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 blessing and the honor to to meet two gold star moms recently who both unfortunately have sons who served, came back and took their own lives. Mm. And and the two of them told me what they had in common. Their sons did not know each other. But what they had in common was that both moms had some inkling like something was was a little bit off, but their sons tried very hard to hide from them that there was anything wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, um, and so they were upset that they didn't feel like there was like, they, they knew enough to know to like get involved, to try to intervene. And one of them said to me that all she could really think of was that her son in the military had been trained to solve problems you know, to think on their feet, you know, and whether it's in a combat situation or something else and, and solve problems. And that he had sort of got this idea that his brain was the problem, you know, and mm-hmm. that the way to solve the problem was to take his own life was to kill his brain. And I don't know, does that, and this is what she said to me, and you know, I'm still learning about all of this, but does that resonate with you? Does that, does that make any sense? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it, it is exactly, you know, that in a lot of folks and, and it's very different in a lot of other folks as well. I mean, I don't want to, you know, sit here and say that you're never going to see signs because there's very often where, you know, it, it is very visible that, you know, there is something wrong um, with your loved one and you are able to identify it and they may not be able to identify it themselves. They may, you know, feel angry. They may feel upset. They may feel distant. They may feel distracted and they may not recognize what's going on, but the family members may do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other side is I've seen some of these success stories where, you know, swim with a mission is paid for service and support dogs or equine immersion programs or art Mm -hmm. therapy 
And we try to go to these, which like, let's say it's art therapy and I'll talk to a veteran about why they're drawing what they're drawing, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or it's a veteran who has a dog and, you know, I, I don't want to overblow it, but, but we, they, you know, they say not all of them, but a fair number of them more than they should say to me, Hey, thank you. You saved my life. And I, I don't fully understand that. Right. But you know, I know we helped, right? Yeah. I don't know if we saved We're, your life, but we helped, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. By providing those programs, by you know, equine therapy, uh, service dog, companion dog, even um, where they may have felt no purpose, they now have a purpose to care for that animal. Yeah, and I and, and that love that they grow, right? and, and they yep. feel love, right? The dog gives them mm-hmm. love, which is something I didn't understand until recently, like. And yeah, I'll go back to Navy SEALs. I know I feel bad if there's any Green Berets or Delta Force or anybody else. Listening, but <laughs> just going back to the SEALs. And we know that everybody's great. It's not just the SEALs. But Absolutely. You know, hearing a really rough and tumble SEAL, you know, that has done many deployments talking about love from a service dog is like the last thing I expected to hear. You know, yeah. how could somebody that tough and, you know, like the like a Jedi Knight you know, is that even a consideration? But I guess it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's um, not to say, I mean, that's, you know, not to say that, you know, their families don't love them. Right. Um, but just adding in that piece of that animal who needs you, that animal needs you to care for them, that animal needs you to, you know, walk them, care for them, walk, you know, wash them, bathe them, feed them without you their survival is not as great as it is with you in their, in their life and there to care for them and love them. Yeah, that makes sense. So if somebody is listening to this podcast and they know a veteran that they're worried about, you know, what should they do? The number one thing I always recommend is listen, be there to listen. The number one thing that I find someone who is experiencing you know, potential ideations wants is to be heard. Um, Reassure them that you hear what they are saying and don't denounce the severity of the situation. That's great advice. That's great advice. I, and I've experienced some of that myself. Sometimes you just get a call out of the blue and you're like, not sure why they're calling. Right. And then you Mm -hmm. realize after a while they needed to talk to somebody. Right. And so you listen, I I think that's great advice. And what if it's, um, what if it's more urgent? What if it's escalating or getting into a crisis? What what do you recommend they do? If it is, you know, getting to the crisis uh, point, obviously the 988 number is there for anyone who needs it. Um, The 800 suicide number is still available to use as, as well. Um, but if it's at the point where you are, you know, definitely fearing someone's safety, um, I would definitely recommend, um, calling your local, um, police for a well check and, or bringing them to an emergency room for emergent care. Yeah. I mean, in the police, I, I talked to lots of police officers who themselves served, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a pretty sympathetic group, you know, that's yes. going to show yes. up and understand exactly what this is and. Yes. And they're not Uh, coming to your home, you know, because you've done something wrong. They're coming to your home because they are caring for you and they've been very well trained in these situations. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's, it's, I know you guys are working hard at it and we're going to try to help too, to get this new veteran crisis line phone number out. Mm-hmm. This, it's nine, eight, eight. And then you press one, if you're a veteran or you're calling about a veteran. Um, yes. And I understand that that can be used both in a crisis, which, cause it'll dispatch a first responder, but also if it's not a crisis, mm-hmm. um, right. It gets, it gets routed, I think to the VA and, and to other folks that care and they're going to follow up and, and offer resources. And then of course the mission 22 website, right. Has a lot of information on it, which I believe is just mission 22.com. And do I have that right? Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. I would encourage anyone listening to go on to, to mission 22.com. And there's a lot of information there, uh, you know, around this topic and where help is available, both on mission 22's programs, of course, which there's a bunch of them as well as, you know, where other resources are available, uh, which is great. Uh, so yes. nice job on that. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, um, go ahead. And, and another quick thing, in addition to the 988 number, um, a, a lot of families, and I think it's important, um, and maybe, you know, I can uh, email this to you as well so that you can provide it for other people that may not be aware of it. Um, but there is another fantastic organization out there called vetsforwarriors.com. <clears throat> um, and they have an 855 um, call-in number. Their phone number is right on their website. And it is staffed by veterans who are there to listen, to talk to. They're all trained um, in any situation that may be needed. And uh, for families that, you know, may need to have that in their arsenal of resources. They are a fantastic organization. Thank you for that, Shannon. So, mm-hmm. so what about if, uh, if folks want to get involved in Mission 22? Are you looking for volunteers? You know, how could people get involved if they want to support this? Oh, always. We are always looking for help. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you can go to the Mission 22 uh, website and you can click on Get Involved. And from there, you can uh, apply to become an ambassador for Mission 22. Uh, ambassadors are the folks that are, you know, out there, you know, uh, boots on the ground, if you will, um, at events as, you know, I saw you this past weekend at the Deerfield Fair. Yeah, um, We are out there. We do have, you know, T-shirts and things for sale. And that's just, a, a you know, a, a perk of our event process. Uh, the information piece and the education piece while we are at events is uh, first and foremost educating the community about what it is that Mission 22 does and the programs that we offer. And our ambassadors all over the United States are out there at any event they can be at to try and um, you know raise that awareness piece and pass on the information. A lot of times there are people that will come up to your booth that need that information immediately. Um, and we did have that instance at the Deerfield Fair this weekend. And I'm very happy to report that that individual has applied for our program. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that is so important, right? Just to be out there talking to veterans, right? Yep. Yeah, they, they came to your booth and then they came back to us. So it was oh. it was a very symbiotic relationship. Excellent. No, that's excellent. And, and, and what about on the fundraising side, uh, you mentioned the, you know, I, I like to brag about, you guys have some of the coolest t-shirts I've ever seen, um, <laughs> well, I bought some. but, uh, 
you know, talk a little bit about the fundraising side of it. You know, how, how are you raising funds and, and what can people do to get involved in some of those? Yeah, I, our merchandise is one piece of it. Um, we have um, corporate sponsors who will um, make yearly donations. We have um, ambassadors and other organizations. Uh, there's a lot of the CVMA uh, motorcycle clubs and stuff like that, American Legions, um, random community members that want to create a fundraiser for Mission 22, and they will host an event and um, you know, donate their funds to Mission 22. Anybody can do that. You don't have to be an ambassador. Um, you know, you just connect with Mission 22. Let us know what the event is that you want to hold. Some people are holding uh, bingo events, cookouts, um, chili contests we've had. I think we had a pig scramble event in another state uh, that was helping to raise funds. And we even have um, a young man in uh, a state in the Midwest that just recently uh, is a football player and he changed his football jersey number to the number 22 and is helping to raise funds on a uh, Facebook fundraiser for us, which I think is absolutely fantastic that uh, the youth of today is getting involved as well. That is really amazing. Aren't, aren't people just incredible? It's, you know, I, there's so many people that are just inspired and, and want to do something, you know, and want to help. Mm. We, we find that with some of the mission as well. Uh, you know, folks will call and say, Hey, you know, I mean, you know, we, we have, you know, mostly volunteers and we're, we're a small crew, but yes. there's only, so there's only so much we can do, you know, mm -hmm. but folks will call up and be like, I want to throw a fundraiser and, you know, we'll do some marketing for them. And then, you know, next thing you know, they raised a bunch of money, uh, we know, which we put to good use. So it really, it's, it's, it's really something. It, it is. Um, it's very humbling to see how the community can rally around, you know, amazing organizations. Yeah. I, I tell you, you know, one of the things that, you know, I just sort of struggle with is, is despite so many efforts, you know, from great organizations like yourself, you know, I know that the VA has put out the governor's challenge to, to focus on, you know, as a community on suicide reduction. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, swim with a mission, you know, I've talked about this, you know, we're very focused on trying to reduce suicide. The VA has got this new 988 number. It still feels like it's not enough, right? It's still, because I mean, it, we're still losing too many veterans, right? I, I, I agree. It is. And uh, I mean, it, all, all of the organizations out there that are, you know, trying to help with this, we will all continue to be out there and continue to be active until we can reduce these numbers the best we can. Yeah, thank goodness. I mean, we just have to, you know, I think about how we have this aging group from Vietnam, uh, Vietnam vets, yeah. you know, unfortunately, just given their age, you know, are, are passing away in big numbers. Mm -hmm. At some point, we're going to lose all of them like we did, you know, World War One, and now almost World War Two and Korea. But we've created in 20 years of war another entire generation, you know, of warriors. Um, and, you know, a percentage of them are struggling with all of these issues like PTSD, PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, you know, all of these things, uh, you know, which we don't think a lot about when we go to war and do all of these things. Right. But here we are, mm -hmm. we have another whole generation, which is now I feel like Shannon, you probably do too. It's the rest of our lives. Right. Oh, we want to look after this generation. Right. Yep. 
100%. So if folks are listening and they want to get involved, I hope you'll go to the Mission 22 website, mission22.com. If you're inspired and 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 want to join Shannon and so many others, uh, you know, in helping. And, and Shannon, you're, you, you know, you told us a little bit about what inspired you and it's very personal, uh, but you're not a veteran yourself, right? Like myself, you're a civilian. I, I am. I, I, I joke all the time that I am just the wife, <laughs> uh, but my <laughs> husband likes to correct me and tell me that I have the hard job. Yes, I will agree with him on that. I, I like to tell people that, I, you know, I was not, I didn't have the honor of serving, but this is my service now, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I could not agree with you more. Yeah, you know, it, it's great. It, look, it, it's it's one of these things, you know, I, I love to, to sort of mention this quote. I It's not ascribed to anybody in particular, but it's not my not my words. But, you know, it's like if you're having a hard time, find somebody that's having a harder time and help them. Right. Absolutely. I think if we just took an approach, I love that. more people to right? If more people took that approach, we would just be a much better community. And I have a feeling, you know, we'd be bringing the suicide level down, you know, more. I couldn't agree more. That's fantastic. And, and I wanted to just, I'm going to just jump around here a little bit, but ask you a little bit. So, you know, COVID was a really stressful time, right? 2020, 2021, oh gosh, yeah. right? And we're still feeling the effects of it now. The numbers I've seen at the top of this podcast, I mentioned, you know, your mission 22, which is the reference to 22 veterans a day all over the country. New Hampshire, it's 40 veterans a year. But the a lot of these numbers, I think, are still tied to like 2018, 2019. My sense is that during COVID, we know, for example, the VA had to shut down a lot of services. A lot of veteran service organizations had to cut back on services. I mean, people couldn't get together, right? Yeah. You know, there wasn't as much money being raised. People couldn't have fundraisers. So you have this loss of services. We all, I don't, you know, whether you served or not, we all felt really anxious, right? We didn't know oh, absolutely. Right, what was coming, right? This, we didn't ask for this COVID. It landed on top of us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you had this sort of increased anxiety, you know, and then we had a lot of other stuff going on. People lost their jobs and lots of other stress and sort of pressure put on people. And you couldn't be around a lot of people. Uh, which is also really hard, right? Alone mm-hmm. in your home or whatever. I don't know. My sense is that the unfortunately the suicide rate was much higher in 2020 and 2021. It may even still be now than what we're seeing 22 a day and 40 in New Hampshire. But is is that your sense as well? It, it is. I would I would have to agree. And even you know, not amongst the veteran community as well. Anyone who is dealing with any form of you know um mental health wellness issues was definitely burdened by uh covid and you know it, it certainly exasperated any you know symptoms or um challenges that they you know facing previous yeah and i think i think it's something we're going to have to focus a little bit on you know because you know, COVID may be subsiding, right? But we're not done having viruses come through our country. And yeah, now that yeah. we've seen we can work remotely and, you know, we can wear masks and we can do all of these things. I have a feeling 
that there'll be moments in time where we're back to that again, you know, as we fight the next wave of whatever that looks like. Right. So we got to figure out how to help our veterans through these, you know, times as, as the, as it ebbs and flows. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that, that biggest part of, you know, when we were all, you know, in our homes and not able to go anywhere, the biggest, you know, the biggest thing, even now that, you know, everything is starting to, you know, open back up and, you know, go back to the, you know, quote unquote normal, if you will, uh, continue to reach out. You know, if you haven't heard from someone in a couple of days, call them, go visit them. It all, it, you know, it allows you to, you know, do a well check, um, if you will, um, you know, check on your neighbors. That's great advice. There really is. That's excellent advice. And I guess, you know, if you, if you know a veteran, you know, that is struggling, um, you know, you've got the resources of mission 22, obviously, but also like, you know, maybe bring them to an equine immersion program, right. Or, mm-hmm. or talk to one of the programs to see if they qualify to get a service dog, or they'd be a good candidate for a service or support dog, right. Or, or art therapy. And, uh, you know, I mean, one of the things that frustrates me, Shannon, is just like there's not one place that everybody can go to to find all these resources, mm. right? Um, we're all trying, right? You're trying, we're trying, every, everybody's trying, but like there's not one email or or phone number you can call to get all this. I will tell folks listening that if you go to swam.org, S-W-A-M.org, which is my charity, <laughs> If you're from New Hampshire, you're in New Hampshire, we do have all of the, you know, equine immersion programs, art therapy, service support dogs. We do have all of them listed. Um, So if it's, if having trouble finding one, that is one resource uh, we, you know, we, we try to put out there to help. And I am hopeful one day, we're not the right place to host this, but there'll be a better place to, to find all these resources in one place. Yeah, and Mission 22 as well does have, um, you know, partnered programs that we have on our website as well. So if um, someone is looking for something a little bit different, they can certainly, you know, check out our website as well. Some of them are uh, more national, some of them are, you know, local, depending on your locale. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. Um, and so as you look into the future for Mission 21 and the journey, Shannon, that you're on, you know, what, what is the future look like? Let's say five years out, what are you hoping to see? Oh my gosh. I mean, it, first and foremost, I'm hoping that, you know, as, as many organizations that are out there that we're not so busy, <laughs> I would like right. to be a little less busy. Um, and being less busy means that, you know, we're helping more. Right. Right. No, that's, I love that. I love that. And we, you know, we're obviously going to try to help as well. And, you know, the more we can, I think as a community, right. I love all the awareness stuff that you're doing as well. Right. The more that the community is aware and we can sort of rally all together. Um, right. The, the better off mm-hmm. this is going to be for our veterans and everybody else that's in our community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I mean, you, you I, I do in, my travels you know for events do occasionally you know run across someone who comes up to the booth and will say you know what is mission 22 what do you do um and as soon as i explain it to them there is that off chance that i meet someone that says i had no idea that was a problem yeah yeah and uh, so the, the more that all of us 
you know, can gather together and, you know, gather our organizations together and, you know, join forces and get all of this information out to people, um, the, the more we can reach. Yeah, absolutely. 22 veterans a day is 22 too many. Absolutely. We have a lot of work to do here. We do, and we won't stop. Yeah, good. I love it. I love it. So, Shannon, this has been great. Um, is there anything else? Is there anything we didn't cover that you want to share with our listeners? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, just, you know, keep keep an eye out for us. And uh, just a little plug, if you're uh, around next weekend, we will be at the um, Putin Fest. So if you are unfamiliar with Mission 22 and you want to come out to the uh, Merrimack Brewery, we will be there. And I'm happy to tell you all about Mission 22 a little bit more and the programs that we offer. Thanks. And then uh, is are the programs, the events and stuff on your website too? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I would encourage Absolutely. folks to go there and see where you guys are going to be and and get a t-shirt or a decal for your car and, you know, help spread the word as to, as to what Mission 22 is doing. Walking billboards. Yes. No, we <laughs> love it. We love it. So, well, Shannon, thank you for everything you're doing uh, to help veterans. Uh, it's always an honor and a privilege to talk to somebody with the same heart uh, and, you know, on the same mission. And we love Mission 22 and everything you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing. Oh, thank you, Phil. And thank you very much for what you do with Swim of the Mission. It's absolutely fantastic. Our pleasure. And thanks, everybody, for listening out there. This podcast is a co-production brought to you by the Homeland Heroes Foundation, an organization dedicated to the reacclimation support of active duty service members, veterans, and their families in their time of need. And Dairy Cam, who believes a better world starts with a connected community. To learn more, visit homelandheroesfoundation.org and dairycam.org. Follow the Homeland Heroes Salute on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening and make sure you subscribe to the Homeland Harris Salute wherever you listen to podcasts. The views expressed by our guests and others are solely their own. Views expressed in this podcast do not represent any of the uniformed services, the Homeland Harris Foundation, Dairy Cam, Swim with a Mission, Harbor Care, Veterans First, or any other organization.